Well, the AFRW is absolutely flying in its eighth iteration and we're going to chat to Nicole Livingston, the General Manager of Women's Football, who's been good enough to give us some of her time. Nick, good morning. Good morning. How are you all going? Beautiful we, day. We are well. What a beautiful day for footy and, and what a first three rounds we've had so far. What's been the highlight for you, Nick? The Swans getting their breakthrough victory. I mean, scoring is, <laughs> is, Sarah. is, is up. Sarah, Sarah, what, Sarah, what have you Come loved? <laughs> I, I'm taking you love that one as well. I actually went to North Sydney and saw that. So um, doesn't Sydney love a big full forward and Chloe Malloy really making a name for herself up there? Um, there's been plenty of action going on. I think... Um, Increased scoring, increased goals, just the run and carry, the, the chains from the D50 to the I50. It's just been fantastic footy. But it's also been great to see people getting around the Heartland venues and getting out to the footy. I'm going to RCA Park. You can hear I've got a little nose cold, so I'll be sitting by myself up on the hill somewhere, keeping three metres away from everybody. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great day for, for being out at the Heartland venue. How have the crowds been so far, Nick? Yeah, really good. Um, we're still, I mean, this is the second season that we have um, played in this time frame. As you know, we nearly killed everybody in the industry <laughs> during two seasons in one year last year. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously we'll take stock. We've, we've put a really big effort into the marketing of uh, AFLW into that new time frame. And we think it's the right time to start in the pre-finals buy for the men. Um, we still have um, some work to do, I think, with getting those men's supporters of the AFL competition when their team get bundled out to get themselves out of the fetal position and back up and happening for their women's team and stop feeling sorry for themselves because their women's team's up and going. Um, so hopefully with time, we'll, we'll continue to convert more of those AFL fans as well. Nicole, as the season presumably gets longer over the coming uh, years, do you anticipate that the starting of the season will remain where it is? Because... Clearly, if it gets longer, then it's going to finish towards Christmas, and I'm not sure whether that would be ideal. So where we're at right now, obviously, with 10 and 4, uh, we think it's the ideal start because you look at the amount of coverage and the uh, the bang that AFLW comes out with um, is, is right. But equally, uh, yeah, going into Christmas, New Year is, is probably not our preferred option. So all of that's uh, yet to be determined and being discussed, obviously, in the CBA that's taking place now. So, um, you know, we can talk about what the season length's going to be in the future. We can talk about where it's going to be. But, you know, we're, ra- we're halfway through round three of the 2023 season and it's fantastic football. So sometimes you get a bit caught up in thinking about what it's going to be in the future and lose sight of actually enjoying what you've got right now. Yeah, okay. So the CBA looks like it's not far away from being done. Have have you got an update for us on that? I don't have an update because I'm respecting the process. So uh, (laughs) we'll announce it when it's uh, complete and agreed to. And um, those conversations, as you know, have been going on for quite some time. There's a negotiating team for the AFL and a negotiating team for the AFLPA and, they're doing their thing, as has been um, the way that it's been since AFLW has started. Nicole, we've seen in the past lightning delay the start to an <laughs> AFLW game, but if, have you ever seen a snake delay the start to a game? So can I just play out my fear with this as well? So yes, we have GWS playing there, um, and it was an unseasonably hot day, 34 degrees. My son plays baseball, and that is where the Australian Championships are every year in January. So I'm not sure I can go back to that venue now. <laughs> no, look, I, I mean, I, th- I think it caught all of us a bit by surprise. Um, 
I think I did see a text message amongst all of us going, it's another one for the file of you can't make this feed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, it delayed um, for, I think, about 20, 25 minutes. Um, thankfully, there was a snake catcher on hand uh, and the snake was sunbaking. So uh, important. <laughs> it was a small snake, but very, very venomous. So important to make sure that we got rid of uh, or cleared the snake out before that we started. Nicole, you mentioned that scoring's up and the standard is at an all-time high. What was the AFL's focus going into the year? What were you looking to achieve oh. for this season? Yeah, so we had five new rule changes and they're, and they're all a, a package deal. They all work to each other. So obviously adding in uh, a rotational cap now of 60, um, uh, you know, trying to look for um, and bringing the boundary lines back out inside the 50-metre arcs in AFLW, there are some unique rules. So we had the boundary lines brought in 10 metres. Um, we keep that in the wings and the, and the centre part of the ground so that the secondary stoppages are down. But we think that... Um, by taking it back out to the boundary line inside the 50 arcs, it's actually going to uh, put the ball in a better position to score. We increased the game time as well. So the game time is up by eight minutes per game. And in round two, that looked about 12% up in time per quarter, but 30% up in scoring. So uh, again, all of this was about trying to have free-flowing football and, and admittedly trying to increase scoring as well. And we've seen that Last year, our highest score for a round was 90 goals in the round, uh, and we had 99 in round one, and we had 117 in round two. And that's just, uh, I assume, as the girls spend more time in the system and so forth, the skill level is clearly up. If we can just yeah. park the CBA, Nicole, and we understand that process and the economics, etc. but from an aspirational point of view, and knowing that the girls would like to play one another once a season, making it a 17-game season. When would you, parking the CBA, when would you like to see that be able to happen? Oh, um, and I know, know it's hard it's, to park the yeah, economics and so, 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 so forth, so, but from an aspirational I'll, perspective. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll change your question a little bit, Scotty, if that's okay. So what I'm You're thinking about to. is... <laughs> what, what, what I'm thinking about is how we, we turn the dial on being year-round footballers. So there's a lot of terminology around being full-time footballers, full-time professionals. They're already professional in everything that they do. Um, but what I would like to see is year-round footballers, so having a prescribed off-season, a pre-season, in-season and holiday period so that really the planning of their lives and also the coordination of things away from football, which is really important, is still front of mind. We fund uh, the player development managers into uh, each and every one of our 18 clubs, thanks to BHP. So that is the job of these player development managers to make sure that they're either working and or, and or studying as well so that they're actually thinking about life away from football and life after football as well. So uh, I think that year-round, and, and certainly that's been on the table and being discussed as to what year-round looks like for the players. So I still think we need to take the step-by-step step, um, on this journey because we're only been, been around for seven years uh, and eight seasons. So, you know, it would be premature to be talking about what will it look like at this period of time. We, we are focused on the steps um, that we need to take to be able to improve the competition year on year. Nicole, how difficult is it um, in your role to deal with the many competing demands and the different stakeholders associated with AFLW? There's clearly players who believe they, 
they should be full-time or want to be full-time. They want a longer season. They want more money. There's broadcasters. Um, there's so many different stakeholders involved. And to satisfy all of them would be near on impossible. So you need to decide what is right. And from your position, I'd imagine that's even more difficult because your role isn't on the AFL executive, which I think is also an error from the league perspective. I don't expect you to comment on that. But in terms of all the different stakeholders, how do you manage those responsibilities? I'm going to start with the back part first. Um, to say that I'm not on the exec doesn't mean I haven't been able to be um, you know, thriving in the job that I do and, yep. and successful in the job that I do. Steve Hocking, Andrew Dillon, they're the two that I've reported to on the executive prior to Laura Kane now being on the executive. So yep. I don't see that as an issue. Yeah, it is difficult because... Um, it's difficult to manage people's expectations and it's human nature to want more and to want it straight away. Um, I think about even the evolution of my sport and it is better for every generation. So I, I can look at the swimmers now and go, wow, this is really amazing. The amount of technology around, the amount of coaching staff around how sophisticated it is. It wasn't like that for me. It wasn't like that for Dawn Fraser or Shane Gould prior to that. Mm. So every generation it is better. Um, so again, it's hard. It's hard also for players to be thinking while they're in the moment that they are actually trailblazers as well. That will make this a better league for future generations, for their daughters and their granddaughters. And we want to be able to do this sustainably. In seven years and eight seasons of AFLW, the industry has invested almost three hundred million dollars in AFLW alone. That's not talking about pathway investment. It's not talking about game development or community investment. Um, so there's a lot of money and a lot of investment going into AFLW, but we just need to be thinking about doing this sustainably. And there's lots of examples of going too big too quickly uh, and, and it not being sustainable. We've made the choice to go to 18 teams, though, and I think that's been the right choice to be able to have every club have a women's team and to be able to experience the benefit and the joy that a women's team brings to the club. Nicole, four matches up today, St Kilda and Port, Eagles and Carlton, Collingwood and Gold Coast, and it finishes with Brisbane and Sydney. You say you're off to RSCA Park. Who gets the chocolates today? I reckon uh, the Saints might get the chocolates over Port, although they are really hunting a win as well, Port Adelaide. So um, I think the home ground advantage might be it. I think it's going to be packed at, at Moorabbin at RSCA Park. And if people want to go along, uh, just go to womens.afl forward slash tickets, $10 for adults and kids are free. Is there a is the idea to continue to play at Victoria Park and uh, Mineral Sources Park and other grounds like that rather than Marvel Stadium? Is that, is that the short to medium term planning for AFLW, Nicole? Yeah, Tom. And what we're doing is building uh, the fandom of AFLW as well and Heartland Venues, the feedback that we get and we research and, and um, interview uh, the fans after every single match that we do in AFLW and have done since the start. And those venues really resonate well with a connection for community to come along. Um, so, yeah, Heartland Venues is certainly where we're at for the moment. Um, and, again, we're seeing some pretty incredible scenes and some pretty incredible crowds. There are some Tier 2 venues that we'll play at. Obviously, um, we're at GMHBA, we're at Heritage Bank, uh, we're at Manica. They're bigger stands. Um, so, again, you know, it's about trying to build this crowd and also the audience. We're still judged by the same metrics as men's sport. We're, we're looking at people that are coming to the game, people that are watching the game. And whilst the football continues to, to develop and, and be really good on field, we need to also do the work on, on building the fandom. Nicole, enjoy it out there at Moorabbin today. RSCA Park, St Kilda and Port Adelaide, thank you for joining us on Sunday Crunch Time. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks, Nicole.